This is Notoriously Episcopalian. My name is Kelly Hudlow. This is a podcast of sermons and musings all about the Christian faith and especially about being an Episcopalian. This is a sermon for the second Sunday after Christmas, January 2nd, 2022, offered at St. Barnabas Episcopal Church in Roanoke, Alabama. The principal text for the sermon was Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, The Journey of the Magi to Bethlehem. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, the lectionary doesn't quite know what to do with the second Sunday after Christmas. You see that we have three gospel uh, stories for this Sunday. Um, you see in your insert, we have Jesus' Jesus's parents presenting him in the temple for Passover, taking him there is one option. We have um, the story of Joseph being told in a dream to take Mary and Jesus to Egypt. Um, and then being told in a different dream that it was time to come back home. And then we have the reading that I selected um, for today, which is the very familiar coming of the wise men. I normally always pick this reading on this Sunday if the church that I am going to be at does not typically have a Eucharist on the Feast of the Epiphany, which is January 6th, which is where we also get the reading of the wise men coming to Jesus. I think it is important enough that we get everybody to Bethlehem that's supposed to be in Bethlehem, that since we have the option of hearing this reading on the second Sunday of Christmas, that we use it. If you remember, when I was with you on Christmas, I talked about how sort of all of this cast of characters found their way to Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph, at least according to the Gospel of Luke, get there because they're going for a census. And the shepherds get there because angels interrupt their work in keeping their flock at night and send them to, the, to Bethlehem to find Jesus in the manger. Now we are in a different gospel, and Joseph and Mary didn't have to travel to Bethlehem. They started there in the gospel of Matthew. That is where, that is their hometown, and that's where Jesus is born. But we do have to get the wise men to Bethlehem. And perhaps they arrive in sort of the nerdiest of fashions of all the people that make their way to Bethlehem. So we begin our year of 2022 with the story of the wise men or the magi as they are sometimes called. It is a story very steeped in tradition in our church and in hymns that is so steeped in tradition and we put so much kind of around it that we forget what the actual story is, right? Our hymns and our tradition calls them the three kings each representing one of the nations of the world outside of Israel. And for places that have a nativity scene, often it is the custom to have the wise men start from the back of the church and make their journey down to where they finally arrive uh, at the creche. And so the final scene is Joseph and Mary and the baby in the manger surrounded by sheep and shepherds and kings. It is a familiar and comforting scene. There just happens to be nothing in the scriptures that seems to support that being what occurred. First, there is nothing that says these three men were kings, nor anything that says that there were three of them. They could have been four. They could have been one. We have picked the number three because that is the number of the named gifts that they bring. 
They're not kings at all, at least as best as we can tell. The text calls them wise men. They could be called magi. Later, Herod will order the murder of all male children two years and younger. And so it seems logical that the wise men actually don't arrive while Jesus is in the manger. He's probably a toddler at this point, and the shepherds have long since gone back to their sheep. And so more likely, it's not December 25th or 26th when the wise men arrive, but maybe it's early spring. The Magi, or the wise men that we hear about in the gospel, are the astronomers of their day. So they get to Bethlehem the nerdiest way possible by charting a path by looking at the night sky. As astronomers of their day, they would look to the stars to discern patterns and movements of stars and planets, and then try to figure out how that affected the world. There's a lot of speculation about what the wise men saw in the sky that sparked their journey to Bethlehem. But it seems very likely that the star of Bethlehem that caught their attention wasn't some extraordinary astronomical event. Because when they arrived to Herod's court, neither Herod nor his chief priests and scribes had noticed anything out of the ordinary in the night sky. Now that may seem disappointing. Right? That there wasn't some special star. But to me, it is even more fascinating because that means that the wise men who studied the stars looked and saw what would have been an ordinary star there in the sky. But for some reason, they found new meaning in its location. And so with this search for new meaning, they set out and head towards Bethlehem with the goal to find a child that they know as the king of the Jews. The really interesting thing about the story of the Magi and King Herod, other than it's just really fun to think about magicians or kings from the Far East coming to meet King Herod, is that the Magi and Herod show us two ways of responding to the mystery of the Incarnation. Right? That's what Christmas really is about. It's not so much the baby in the manger that's precious and cute. It's about the fact that God humbled God's self to become one of us. And so when Herod is confronted with the possibility of the Incarnation, he and all those around him are terrified. The birth of Jesus strikes at the heart of the certainty of Herod's power and control. And so while when he is faced with the Magi talking about a child that is the king of the Jews, Herod feigns curiosity, but he only does so so that he can find out where the child is so that he can destroy what he sees as an enemy. The Magi, on the other hand, show us what genuine curiosity looks like, right? They're very clear in their purpose. They have received or discerned from this night sky that this child, this very special child, has been born. And they have traveled all this way because they want to pay honor to this child. Their response to the incarnation instead of fear and violence is to wonder and wander their way to Bethlehem, right? And they come ultimately to Bethlehem and upon finding Jesus, they experience joy and grace and honor and worship him. Beginning our year with the story of the Magi, I think invites us to consider our response to the, that is the mystery of the incarnation and of Christ's ongoing work in the world. 
at a time when we are beginning our new year and maybe making lists of resolutions or setting intentions or making, you know, whatever we want to call it, whatever list of hopes or dreams that we have for the new year, we might can sneak in there somewhere a line that says, how am I going to respond to the mystery of Christ? Now, if you thought people would look at you crazy if you go around telling people Merry Christmas, add this to your 2020 like resolutions list and tell people about it, and they're going to look at you a little curiously. But how am I going to respond to the mystery of Christ? Am I going to be like King Herod and say, I need things to be certain and under my control, and I need to define what's going to happen? Or am I going to respond to the mystery of Christ in a way that is curious, in a way that seeks deeper relationship and understanding? I love the Magi, not just because they're nerds and they get to talk about space, but I really love them because I think for many 20th and 21st century Christians, the Magi are likely us. We have probably had a Magi experience. Now, for Matthew, they do stand in for us. The Magi are the Gentile nations coming to worship the king that is Christ, right? Matthew, the prophets predicted it. Matthew makes it happen with the Magi, and he's going to talk about it again at the end of his gospel. So we are the Magi in that way, in that we are Gentiles, but we are also the Magi in the way that many of us have gotten to our relationship to Christ, not necessarily because we have intellectually agreed to the Nicene Creed. A lot of us have gotten to our faith in Christ because we have experienced out in the world, either through another person or through nature, a closeness to God that calls us into deeper relationship. We talk about in the church this sort of group of people that exist out there that we call spiritual and not um, religious and how we get them into the church. And maybe the first thing to do is to realize that that spiritual part is really important and that we probably need a lot more spiritual life than we do religion. And the Magi show us what having that wonder of creation and that being open to seek and find relationships in new places in new ways. And so we begin again another year, 2022. It's looking a lot like it did when we began 2021 together, I will say in a disappointing sort of way. It's a bit of deja vu, but we will, like we have done in the years past, sift through all of the information, the recommendations, the protocols. We will have differences of opinions and disagreements. We will experience fear and anxiety, but we will continue moving forward as the body of Christ. It is tempting to grab on to something that is certain to try to make it give us comfort. But the story of the Magi reminds us that to be followers of Jesus is to seek clarity and joy and not necessarily certainty. It's to be open to the mystery of God made flesh in a baby. It's not to be distracted or to give in to fear and anxiety and is to look again to familiar patterns, to the liturgical year, to our practices of worship, to the patterns of the stars in the night sky to find new meaning. Theologian Howard Thurman is quoted as saying this, that there are two questions that we have to ask ourselves. The first is, where am I going? And the second is, who will go with me? But he cautions that if you ever get these questions in the wrong order, you're in trouble. 
Herod was so focused on the second question of keeping those with him that he could control, that he had power over through fear and intimidation, that he didn't know where he was going. And so in his own backyard, a miraculous star appears calling wise men from the east and Jesus, the incarnate God that is going to save the world, is born and Herod missed the whole thing. The Magi, on the other hand, knew where they were going. They didn't know who was going with them. They didn't quite know what they were going to find when they got there. But they knew that they were being called to Bethlehem because a child, the king of the Jews, had been born. And that something new had begun. So I invite you in this new year, as similar as it may seem to the years that we have had past, to let the mystery of Christ be what calls you and guides you so that you can always know where you are going, even if you don't quite know who's going with you. Amen.